Welcome to the Mountain Park Church Podcast. We're excited to share this week's message with you. Our mission is to allow God to work in and through us, and we'd love to hear your story of how God has been working in or through you. Email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in and through you. I have to say, I love um, Andrew's obedience to just do what God wanted to do in this place tonight. And I was really excited when he said, let's kneel down. And I thought that was a good idea. But a couple minutes into it, I realized I'm not 20 anymore. And I wasn't sure if I was going to get back up. (laughs) Just being really honest. I don't know if anyone else had that experience. In that scripture that I just read, some of you are nodding at me. Yeah, I know. In that scripture that I just read from Ezekiel 37, we were here praying about these revival meetings a a couple of weeks ago, and we had this prayer night, and and Pastor Herm read that passage of scripture, and something jumped out at us that night. Cheryl confirmed it. She said the same thing really jumped out at her from that passage of scripture, and that was the fact that there's three times in that passage of scripture that God says, son of man, you prophesy. I'm going to tell you what to say, but son of man, I want you to open your mouth and I want you to prophesy over these bones. And when you do what you can do and you act in obedience to what I've asked you to do, I'll come and I'll bring the breath that's going to bring them back to life. And I feel like God just just deposited something inside of me that night while we were sitting there. That there's a generation of people who have lost their voice. And we don't know what it means to prophesy God's word anymore. If you grew up in church like I did, I'm pretty sure the earth should have blown up about 20 times by now because of prophetic messages gone bad. And that word prophesy in the Hebrew in this passage of scripture really isn't talking much about foretelling the future. It actually literally just means declaring the word of God by divine inspiration. And I wanna challenge you tonight then maybe that's something that we could do every single day. That it's not so much a thus says the Lord and a great big thing, but sometimes it's just one sentence in season in someone's life that can change the course of their destiny. And I feel like we are a generation who has lost our voice. And we're afraid that, you know, if we speak up, we're not being politically correct or we're not you know, honoring everyone's voice or maybe, you know, people won't like us. I don't know. But we've lost our ability to stand up and declare the word of God in season. And we've kind of lost our voice to stand and to say this is the truth. And I love you and I love you enough to tell you the truth. And some of us are scared because we grew up in church and people told us what they thought was the truth, but it was really just judgmental and selfish. It wasn't done in love. And I believe that God is moving us into a place where he's going to speak again in this generation in a way like he hasn't been able to in a while because our hearts are softened and ready to hear from him. And we're obedient and faithful to step out and do what he tells us to do. Son of man, are you ready to prophesy? Son of man, are you ready to open your mouth? And when I speak to you by divine inspiration, you would by faith open your mouth and say what I have said to you. Are you ready? 
I wonder if we're ready. I wonder if we're ready. As I said, that word prophesy just means to speak the word of God. Ezekiel spoke it out in obedience and God's spirit came and moved. And we see this like a trend throughout the Bible, that God would move on men and women and he would ask them to step out in obedience and do something. And when they did, he would show up with his power and a miracle would happen. He shows up with that resurrection power that breathes life into dead places in our lives. And sometimes it takes one of us to stand up and declare the word of God. When Randy got up last night, I was a little nervous. I have to say for the first 10 minutes, I thought I was going to have to go home and write a whole new message because I thought he was just going to steal it right out from underneath of me. But if you were here last night, you're going to see how God weaves things perfectly together. Because I went back to Genesis chapter 1 as well. And I was reading God's original plan for man when he put them in the Garden of Eden. And he said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And I thought, wow, be fruitful and multiply. That sounds an awful lot. Like go into all the world and make disciples. And when he said, fill the earth and subdue it and reign over it and govern it, sounds an awful lot like when Jesus said, all authority has been given to me and I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Everything that was lost in Adam was restored in Jesus. And he came to put back into place the rule and reign of Christ's kingdom. And what Randy talked about last night and a bit this morning as well is that we are called into relationship with the Almighty God. The God who we bow before today. The God who shows up in all his power has invited us into relationship with him. But out of that relationship comes a partnership. And I think sometimes in the church, we're really okay with the relationship part. And sometimes we're like, you know, if I'm really good, maybe I can have that great relationship with God. Maybe he'll have enough grace for me. Maybe I'll be able to have that relationship, you know, like the pastors have. And maybe I'll be able to be in that place where I have that kind of relationship with God. But partnership, oh, we wince at that a little bit, don't we? God wants to, like, what do you even mean by that? God wants to partner with me? Yes, he does. In the creation story, God created. He spoke the word and he created. And for six days, he was creating and creating and creating. And he created man, and it says he made him in his own image. And then he, he planted them there, and he said, look, I've given you everything you need. There's food for the animals. I've given you everything you need to eat. I've given you seeds so you can produce a harvest. Now you take care of it. That's what partnership looks like. And he walked with him every day in the garden to make sure everything was going okay. Adam, how's it going today? Did you name those animals? How are the elephants? Is everything good? That's awesome. I love you. And they would walk together. And because they had relationship, out of that came a partnership. And I think we short sell what God was really asking Adam and Eve to do. He said to fill the earth and subdue it. Now, he had put them inside of a little place called the Garden of Eden. 
But I believe his original plan and purpose was for Adam and Eve to expand the borders of the Garden of Eden until it covered the whole earth with God's glory. And I believe that is what he's calling his church to do, is to be commissioned into active service for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's awesome that we are invited into relationship with him. And if that was it, that would be amazing. But I believe there's more. He's called us to actively work in his kingdom. And we are called to expand the borders of his kingdom outside of these church walls and into our families and our workplaces and our communities until we see his kingdom cover the whole earth. That's what we are on mission for. We can't get off track. We have to remember that we are in partnership and that our partnership comes from relationship. And through the fall, the enemy tried to rob us of our original design and our original purpose. He robbed us of our identity, but I believe tonight God is calling us back, not just into relationship, but into partnership, into a place where we actually understand what it means to partner with him, to see his will done on earth. Are we actually understanding what it is he's inviting us to? The enemy has tried to deceive us into believing that we are not worthy to have partnership with God. He's tried to tell you, oh, no, no, no. You know what? You know what? You're just a sinner saved by grace. Oh, don't ever say that to me. I'll jump on you. You were a sinner, and you were saved by grace. Thank God. But that's not who you are anymore. The Bible says you are a saint of the Most High God. You are a child of a king, an heir to his promises. It says that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, that he's got a job for you to do. And you're not just going to get by in this life going, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. you got to stand up at some point and know who he's called you to be. Listen, I'll give you a tissue for your issue. But at some point, you got to believe what the word of God says and start to apply it to your life. Sorry. I love you guys. <laughs> You're not a sinner saved by grace anymore. First Peter 2.9, can you put that up on the screen? If you've got that there. You are not like that. You are a chosen people, a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. He didn't call you out of darkness so you could live in the shadows. He called you out of darkness so that you could bring his light into every dark place where your feet go. He has called you into his kingdom so that you can be a representative for him here on the earth. He has called you out to be a different kind of people. He has called you out to be someone new. And he's, I'm not satisfied with status quo. I'm not satisfied. I don't want to die a mediocre Christian. I want to have an impact in my generation. I want to be like the forefathers of faith who stepped out and did things that were unthinkable in their time and have the faith to believe that God will show up and do what only he can do when I step out in obedience and do what I can do. I want to be like that. I don't want to die living in the shadows. I want to live in the light. 
and I want all that he's got for me. You know, I think God has so much more planned for some of us than we could even think or imagine. But the enemy has convinced us that we're not worthy to walk in the calling that he has put in front of us. And he keeps us holding back from opportunities and shying away from saying things that we should say and keeps us held down and held back. And it's time to break free. It's time to be who God really called us to be. He didn't die so that you could just get into heaven. He died to resurrect the person that you were meant to be who was created in the image of God to carry his image and bear his image in your generation. He died to resurrect that person. He died to resurrect all of those things inside of you. He breathed that life onto your dry bones. And he brought you to life so that you could testify of his goodness and his greatness every day. I think the enemy tries to rob us of our opportunities to share what God has done. He wants to silence us and keep us quiet. The Bible says if the, if the rulers of this age had known the plan they never would have crucified Jesus. You know, they thought they just had one man they had to take out. They thought there was one man who was a threat to the kingdom of darkness. And so they nailed him to a cross and they had no idea that he was about to release the spirit of God into the church that he had set up and commissioned. And he was about to release his energy and release his power and release his love in you and you and you and you and you and in me. And that the devil wasn't going to have to be concerned just about one man who was walking around on this earth anymore, but that the church was going to become a force, like an army, like a kingdom that was going to start to take over the world. And in the book of Acts, they did a pretty good job of that. But sometimes I feel like we've lost that voice and we've lost that same sort of boldness that they had in the book of Acts to actually be the people that Jesus has called us out to be. Our mission is to partner together with God to see his kingdom established on the earth. So how do we partner with God? Well, Jesus is our ultimate example. He came to show us how it's done. Now, if Jesus had walked around on the earth and had done all the miracles that he did and had seen all the things that he saw while he was on earth as God, that would be pretty cool. But the fact is that he left his divinity behind and he chose to surrender himself to be a man so that he could walk through his humanity just like you and me, totally dependent on the Holy Spirit. One ear to heaven, one ear to earth. One ear listening, God, what do you want to say today? God, what do you, you want to do today? God, where are we going to go today? God, whose life are we going to touch today? And one ear to the people around him going, what's happening here? And he lived his life that way to show us that it's possible and it can be done. And I believe that we can see the same things happening in our life that Jesus saw if we learn how to have one ear tuned to heaven and one ear tuned to the earth and be available and willing every day saying, God, where do you need me? Where do you need me? We're, we're in partnership. We've been in relationship. I spent my time in prayer this morning. So now where do you need me? Where do you need me stationed? What's my assignment for today? Where do you need me to go? What do you need me to say? And I don't think that prophesying and speaking the word of God in season into someone's life is so much about someone like me standing up here and doing what I do. But I think it's about people like you 
who are sitting across from a new intern in your company. And you think, maybe I should encourage this kid a little bit. And you have no idea that his mom is at home praying. God, please send someone into his life. God, please send someone to interrupt his day. You have no idea you could be the answer to someone's prayers. You don't know when you talk to someone in the lobby and you say, that guy looks lonely. I'm going to go over and say a few words to him. And God, the Spirit of God gives you something, something just encouraging and gentle to say to that person. Maybe he walked in here today and he said, this is my last chance and my last hope. God, I need a sign from you. And if I don't hear you or see you today, that's it. I'm done. You don't know what you're stepping into when you're on assignment for God. And you may never know, but man, you could actually make a change in someone's life. When I was 19 years old, I've told this story before, but I had been running away from God for about four years and I was standing in a church service and a woman just walked over to me at the end of worship and she got up on the chair and she held me really tight. And she said, God said, I'm to come here and tell you you're valuable. Wow. One sentence and she had no idea the impact that those words were gonna have on my life and that it was just what I needed to hear in that season, in my life, in that moment to break everything wide open and I gave my heart back to God that day and it changed the trajectory of my life and I'm still talking about that girl today. One sentence. I had the opportunity to see her a couple of years ago at my mom's funeral. She came in and I went over to her and I, I told her, I said, Amber, you have no idea this is what happened. She just smiled and said, oh, you know, God's good. And she, she, she wanted nothing. She was like, that's nice, right? <laughs> How are you, honey? I was like, that's so funny that it was like not even a blip on her radar, but it changed my life. You have no idea when you are on assignment for God, what it is going to do in someone else's life. I've had moments like that. There was, there was one a couple of years ago when I was talking to my husband out on our back deck about stepping into ministry and opening up the website that we have and all of that stuff. And he just said, I think you can do it. Boom, everything changed. Because he believed in me. Suddenly I believed in myself. And those simple six little words from my husband changed, changed everything for me. They changed my perspective and my outlook on everything that I was doing because he believed in me. We have no idea the impact that we can have in someone's life. I want to show you something in scripture. We're going to go over, um, you can go to Acts 9. I'm going to read you something else first. But you can go to Acts 9 if you want to meet me there. In Romans 10, it says that, it says, uh, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, but how will they hear unless someone goes to them? You remember this scripture? How will they hear unless someone tells them? And then it says, how beautiful are the feet of those who carry the good news. And I've never liked that line because I hate feet. And I don't think feet are beautiful at all. So I've never really understood what that meant. And it's one of those things that I just skip over. I'm like, God, I don't want to talk about that. And, and, and I just keep going because I just hate feet. They're not beautiful. I don't care if you think your feet are beautiful. That's nice. I don't think they're beautiful. But that's really not what this scripture means. <laughs> I looked up that word beautiful because I just needed to. It was bugging me. And um, it actually means, it actually means beautiful in timing. That there's a season for the word of God to go forth. 
And when he puts something on our heart and says, you need to speak this, it's because it's perfect timing, because of all of the things that he's been weaving behind the scenes. And that mama that was praying for her kid, and now her kid came into your work, and he's an intern, and now you've had the opportunity to cross his path, and now God's talking to you, and you're going to step into his life and be the answer to her prayers. God's been weaving this all together. And we need to be the kind of people who'll say, God, I'm ready and I'm willing. And you can speak to me and I'll go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Even if it's uncomfortable. Let's look at this story because this one is really uncomfortable. Acts chapter 9. We jump into the story of Saul. And he he has um, been on the road to Damascus. We all know about his road to Damascus experience where he's blinded by the light and a voice from heaven speaks to him. And he's blinded and he's taken to Damascus to a man's house. And I forgot I didn't type this out. I actually have to go to it and read it with my glasses on. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Andrew. That's awesome. Anyway, we're going to get past this. Andrew and I in our 40s. Where am I going to start reading? Acts chapter 9. I'm going to start reading in verse chapter 3. As he was approaching Damascus on his mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him, and he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked, and the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go to the city where you will be told what you must do. So so Saul's in this moment when God has come into his life and he's encountered the presence of God and God says something to him. He says, go and wait. And then God starts to work some things behind the scenes in order to answer Saul's prayers and step back into his life and into his path. And so I'm going to pick up reading in verse 10. It says, Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling, Ananias. And yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, Go over to Straight Street, to the house of Judas, And when you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. And I have shown him in a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so that he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls on your name. But the Lord said, go. For Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings, as well as to the people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went and found Saul, and he laid his hands on him, and he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me, so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And instantly something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he regained his sight, and he got up, and he was baptized." When Ananias heard that name, I'm sure he was all like, yes, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do, until he was like, say what? Did you say Saul of Tarsus? Wait, I've heard about him. He persecutes Christians. 
You want me to go to him? No, no, no. Wait a sec, God. I'll go to anybody you know, inside the church. I'll go to anyone I'm comfortable with in, in my row. But I don't want to go to Saul. He scares me a little bit. I want to talk as I sort of wind down here about faith and obedience. My dad always said they're like twins. They go hand in hand. When you step out in obedience, you need the faith that goes with it. And when God says to us to do something, there's oftentimes we're going to have some excuses. Moses had excuses. It's all throughout the Bible. People who talk back to God. And, and I think it's kind of funny that all of the women in the Bible, they always said, yes, Lord, let it be done to me. And all of the men, man, they had so many excuses. So about that time, God's probably thinking, I should have asked a woman. No. <laughs> Just kidding. Come on, we can have fun. <laughs> can I tell you this? God's not afraid of your excuses. And he's not afraid of your questions, and he's not even afraid of your doubt. He's seen it all before. And he knows when he's asking you to do something that it may be really, really hard. He knows that. Because he's constantly wanting to push us outside of our comfort zone and const constantly wanting to ask us to do things that are beyond what we think we can do or what we want to do. He's constantly pushing us outside of that because he wants to grow our faith because he has so much more for us. But if we're not willing to step out and allow him to meet us in those moments and bring that resurrection power and bring that life, so we can see it, and the next time we go, well, he showed up last time. I bet he'll show up this time, too. Can I tell you something? Faith is not about results. Faith is about listening to God and trusting him and believing anything is possible and leaving the results up to him. You're not responsible for the results when God asks you to do something and puts you on mission. You're only responsible for your obedience. The results are up to him. And I used to be at a point in my life where I was scared all the time. If God spoke to me, I'd be like, oh no, what am I going to have to do now? It felt like that. And the more I got to know his voice and the more faithful I was to step out and do what he asked me to do, the more I started to think, this is awesome. We are working together. And he speaks to me, and, and all I have to do is go and say this, and then boom, he shows up, and he does what only he can do, and it's awesome. So you know what? I've come to the conclusion that there's too many hurting people in the world, and I can't be concerned about how I feel about it, and I can't be concerned about my questions and my doubt and maybe my negativity or my not wanting to step out and do it. I have to do what he calls me to do. You've seen me. I've bolted across here to give, to give messages that God puts on my heart because I'm unwilling at this season of my life to hold it in. I'm unwilling. And if no one came forward and no one ever responded, that's up to God. I don't even care anymore. That used to have me so scared. Like, oh, what if I went up there and I said something and no one put their hand up and no one responded? That would be tragic, right? God is still at work. God is still at work.
And you know what it does to people's faith when someone responds in a moment like that? I remember this spring I was at a women's conference and I felt really strongly to give a very specific call for migraines that started behind the right eye. That's very specific. And no, like nothing, no movement, no one put their hand up. And I was so sure God had put this in my heart and I was starting to have that, what do I do now? Everyone's gonna think I'm a fraud, right? Like I'm starting to have these, this moment. I'm like, nothing's gonna happen if this, and under, the overhang at the back in the darkest corner, I saw a hand. And I was like, is she an usher and she's trying to help somebody? Or like, like I was a little nervous and I was like, is that you? And she started to nod her head and she started to walk forward. Man, that place broke loose. And so many people got healed that day because of that moment of tension. And I was okay to stand in it and just go, God, what are you going to do? And not jump ahead and try to get an answer myself or try to fix it myself. I was willing to just wait because I knew that I had heard from God. We have to know that we've heard from God. Man, you can't step out and do anything if you don't know that you've heard from God. You need to know how to hear his voice. You know, when I was starting to learn how to hear his voice, it scared me. Like I said a couple of minutes ago, it was like, ah. And I, I, I related to my husband when we, when we were young, um, young married couple, he would drive truck and sometimes he would leave and come home at odd hours. And when he would come in the house, I'd be like, oh, who's that? Oh, I'd be reaching for like scissors to stab somebody. I'd be like so scared. But over the years, I've come to know the sound that his feet make and the way his key, well, he doesn't carry keys anymore, but he used to drop the keys or, and, I, and it was comforting. And I go, oh, that's my husband. He's home. And that's the same way the voice of God was for me the first time he asked me to do something. I was like, what? Oh, I think, what? Did he ask me? Did he say that? Did he really say that? It was like panic the first few times. But slowly it got more familiar and more familiar and more familiar. And he would talk more and more and more. I'm going to invite the band to come up. I'm almost done, but I have one more thing I need to say before I close. I really believe. I really, really wholeheartedly believe that we are a generation that's lost its voice, like I said in the beginning. Just want to see if I missed anything, because I had some good notes here that I never looked at all night. There's something that people say in church, and there, well, there's a lot of things that people say in church that get under my skin. Maybe we'll do a series on that once. Things that get under my skin <laughs> that people say that are not true. Um, and one of them is God is silent. Now, I don't know what Bible you're reading, but in my Bible, in Psalm 50, verse 3, it says, Our God comes and he is not silent. When we need him, he comes and he is not silent. The Bible says that wisdom cries out. It says, do you need wisdom? Ask, because the Lord gives generously to those who ask. It says, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. God is a God who speaks. The God who spoke the world into place and by his voice made all of creation, did not stop speaking. 
he has continued to speak throughout time. And I believe that he wants to speak in our generation and in his sovereignty, he has chosen to speak through us. He chose in a season to speak through Jesus. God isn't a God who hides. He's not mysterious. He doesn't hide from us and make us hide and seek with him. He reveals. His nature is to reveal himself and he has been trying to reveal himself to us since we walked out of the garden. He's been trying to remind us of who he is. And he sent Jesus to reveal himself in humanity, I believe, because we're human. And it's a way we could understand it. And then Jesus commissioned the church. And he chose that we would be the vehicle to reveal God to the world. That's a big mission. And we need to be really aware of how God has us positioned because he will put us strategically in places where he can use us to speak his word and use us to be in partnership with him and use us day in and day out in our workplace and in our school and in our family. And I wonder if we need to stop asking our family to come to church and meet Jesus and just be Jesus in our family and let him meet them there. We are the church. We are the reflection of God in this world. They won't know unless they see him in humanity. And we have the opportunity every day to show God's love and his kindness and his goodness and his grace and his mercy in our generation. And we have the opportunity every day to speak his word in our generation. I believe, I believe God wants to give you back your voice. I believe the enemy has tried to steal our voice. And God is saying, come back, because I'm going to speak to you. And you can declare my word wherever you go. You can be an impact in your world. Stop praying for me to show up and do something and just listen. I'll help you do something. Jess, I believe that when you worship, God wants to use your voice to bring healing to people. And you're not just paving the road. I know you said that the other night and we talk about that sometimes. You're not just paving the road for people to be healed. God's moving you to, into a place where he's gonna use your voice to heal people. And when you sing praises to Jesus and he says someone's being healed today, you speak it out because he wants to use your voice too. He wants to use your voice. Spencer, don't ever let anyone tell you that you're too young or you're not educated enough. God has called you into ministry and he has anointed your life and he has positioned you in a place where you can speak the word of God. Right now you're singing it, but you're gonna speak it too. And God has put dreams in your heart that you haven't seen come to pass yet, but you're a young man. And all, I tell you, all of the seminary in the world isn't going to give you the experience that you're having with the Spirit of God right now in your life. And he is going to take you places that you couldn't even imagine if you just lean into this season and allow him to teach you everything he wants to teach you in this season. 
Thank you, Jesus. Rich Andres, will you stand up for a sec? Is Trish here? Would you just stand up for a sec? Is that okay? I wish Trish was here. I hope this message just gets relayed to her because I wanted her to hear it too. God put you guys on my heart this afternoon when I was praying and I just feel like there has been a seismic shift in your family in the last year in the spiritual realm. There's been things happening and because it's because of generational prayers. It's because of parents and grandparents who've been praying into you and Trish. And I believe that God is saying in this season that he's raising you and Trish up to be prayer warriors in your generation and to begin to speak life over your kids and pray for things you never thought you would pray for. And he's gonna wake you up in the night and he's gonna stop you in the middle of your day to pray things over your kids and their coming spouses and their children and your prayers are gonna last into generations. There's a shift that's happened in your family and he's calling you to prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing here tonight. Praise you, Jesus. Is Sean Perkin here? No, he's not here tonight. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. I want to ask you a question tonight. Do you want to be a voice? Do you want to be a voice that God uses in this generation? I do. That's been the cry in my heart. I believe God has positioned every person in this room in a place of influence where your voice matters. And what God has put in you and done in you is going to come out through you. You're going to begin to be Jesus to the people in your life. If you want to be that kind of person, I'm just going to invite you to stand on your feet right now. Just stand up on your feet and say, Jesus, I want that. I want to be a voice in my generation for you. God, I don't want to die a mediocre Christian. I don't want to die hiding in the shadows. I want to know that I ran with you that I partnered with you, and that when you called out to me, I said, yes, here I am. Send me, I'll do it, I'll speak it. And even though it was hard, I stepped out with obedience and faith, and I trusted you and I saw you do great things. That's what I wanna say at the end of my life. God, you are so good. You are so, so, so good. So God, in this moment, we just surrender ourselves to you once again. We say, come and move, God. Move in my life. Give me words to speak in my sphere of influence, in the place that you've positioned me. Give me words to speak. Give me the word of God in season for someone in my life. Let me be the answer to somebody's prayers. Let me be involved in your activity as you're weaving things together in the spiritual realm. Let me be part of what you're doing, God. I'm here. I'm willing. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to sing a song. We're going to sing All Hail King Jesus, and we're going to end tonight. I don't think I have much else to say.
But as you go tonight, my challenge to you is will you continue to ask God every day? I spend time with you. We're in relationship. Now I want to be in partnership. Will you ask him every day, what is my assignment today, Lord? Who are you sending me to today, Lord? Who am I interacting with today, Lord? Maybe it's my spouse. Maybe it's my kids. Maybe it's someone at work. I don't know. But just, just let me know and I'll do it. I'm surrendered and I'm willing. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. All hail King Jesus. We hope that you are challenged and inspired by what you heard today and that you're willing to allow God to work in and through your life in bigger ways this week. We'd love to stay connected with you on social media, facebook.com slash mountainparkchurch and instagram.com slash mountainparkchurch. Finally, if you have a story of how God has been working in and through you, we'd love to hear it. Just email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in your life lately.